Monday, 7th September 2009, and the battering continues. It has been four days since we headed into the trade winds and started thumping south-southwest. We are still at it, and if the weather forecast is anything to go by, we'll continue for the next couple of days. The winds have remained steady southeast, about 20 to 30 knots, gusting to about 35 knots. Normally, we should be able to sail a southerly course with such winds. Unfortunately, the winds have also whipped up a swell of over 4 meters. Trying to sail closer than 50 degrees to the wind means heading right into the swell, making the boat stop dead with each wave while making her slam hard, which may cause avoidable damage. So we are heading south-southwest, aware that we are actually increasing the distance we will need to travel eastwards once we get out of the trades and into the westerlies. The cook has finally relented and started doing limited heating, so we had hot coffee in the morning, some hot soup and ready-to-eat biryani for dinner. Yesterday was some homemade heat and eat upma with dry fish. Absolutely delicious. I think my mom seriously needs to apply for a patent for her dishes before someone steals her recipes. It has started getting cold after sunset, reminding us that it is the winter season in this part of the world. At present course and speed, we should be crossing the Tropic of Capricorn at 23.5 degrees south by tomorrow night and will remain south of it till next year when we are back in the Indian Ocean heading home. So as much cause for celebration as the equator crossing, I suppose. My tracker for the project seems to be busy tonight, so giving this morning's updated position. Tuesday, 8th September 2009, 20 days and 3,000 miles. It has been 20 days since we left Mumbai and we have covered over 3,000 nautical miles so far. Not too bad. More or less what was expected, though we still have over 2,000 nautical miles to cover before we get in the westerlies and start making some easting. As I was making my position report in the evening, I realized that despite covering almost 18 nautical miles through the day, the distance to Fremantle had remained constant at 1900 nautical miles since morning. It may actually start increasing if you don't make any easterly progress soon. Well, such are the ways of sailboats. Covering those 3000 nautical miles also means that Madhai has sailed over 10,000 nautical miles in her brief service with the Navy since 12th February 2009. That is 10,000 nautical miles in less than seven months with hardly a whimper. I think the credit entirely goes to her builder, Ratnakar and his team at Aquarius Fiberglass Goa. I hope at least now the great Indian bureaucracy will relent and pay up the rest of the money due for on the boat. As we near the Tropic of Capricorn, the seas have calmed a bit and the wind has reduced. At the cost of coming down in speed a little, I am still keeping the two reefs and stay sail on through the night just in case the wind decides to change its mind and starts blowing again. While we have done sail changes and reefing at night, it is always avoidable and uncomfortable, especially now that it has also started getting cold. I think we are away from the oppressive tropical heat till next year. In fact, henceforth the sun will be welcome. As I discovered this morning when I saw a cloudy sky and remarked to myself that it would be a cold day and it would have been nicer if it were a clear sunny day. 20 days back, I would have said the exact opposite. The covering of the 3000 nautical miles passage was duly celebrated with an impromptu recipe of corn mutton garnished with onions and gherkins. When the cook decided to serve the same fare for dinner because he doesn't like wasting food, the skipper had had enough and decided to wash it down with some soup first, followed by the last can of Phoenix beer from Il Maurice from the last trip. No more beer on board till Frio, but a good stock of South African wines and cognac for special occasions. The improvement in weather was also celebrated by the screening of the movie Chicago one of the crew's all-time favourites. Since morning, 
all that has been watched are promos and behind the scenes sections the actual screening is scheduled on completion of this blog when the battery charging will be over the engine cut off and there will be silence on board to enjoy the fabulous soundtrack wednesday 9th september 2009 goodbye to the tropics madhi crossed the tropic of capricorn at 0742 hours this morning saying goodbye to the tropics and warm weather for the next 6 months the sea has calmed down so it was a pleasant day on board with fairly good progress in light winds the only worry is that we are still drifting too much to the west and we'll have to cover all this distance once we get westerly winds which may still be about 2 days away we are also heading for the permanent high pressure system in this area which would mean light winds till we manage to dodge it not complaining much though after the bashing in the trade winds good to take it easy for a change because the present forecast shows the westerly is blowing at 35 knots about 10 knots more than the trade winds hopefully we'll have to negotiate them downwind and downswell so things should not be that bad we'll just have to see as it comes as this is uncharted territory for us we'll need to start taking out cold weather clothing from tomorrow as it is already becoming quite cold as soon as the sun goes down the comments on the blog indicate a fair amount of curiosity about madhe's crew and their metamorphosis over the past 3 weeks at sea posting some snaps of the skipper cook first mate publicist engineer lounging on the deck satiated with a heavy dosa lunch and enjoying the good life aboard a million dollar yacht in the middle of the south indian ocean had a new type of bird for company in the evening so far the ones that have been following us were dark brown with a yellowish beak this one was grayish white with a much longer wingspan difficult to click good snaps as they keep moving constantly often at hairs breadth from the water even in the worst of sea conditions makes a land based human mind wonder how the survive as the nearest land is over 1000 nautical miles away posting some photos of sunset which are nowhere close to the spectacular ones we saw at the equator but then it gives an idea why the equatorial ones are so special my gmail account which should have received my plotted position by now is refusing to open so we'll just have to wait for the next block very roughly we are about 80 nautical miles south of the tropic of capricorn and almost exactly below chennai friday 11th september whale sahoy yesterday was another windless yet busy day changed and reset some chaff lines in the morning cleaned and arranged the boat a bit after the bashing in the trade winds in the afternoon when it looked as if the wind was picking up a bit went up and as i was easing the main sheet saw one of my worst nightmares coming true the pad i holding the main sheet block had uprooted itself this strong fitting basically attaches the boom to the boat and if it gets uprooted there is no way to control the boom which would start thrashing about causing serious damage including a possible dismasting in strong winds tried to tighten the pad eye only to realize that two of the four bolts attaching it to the boat had sheared off immediately shortened the sail and temporarily attached the boom to another pad eye on the port side consultations with the boat builder over the phone followed with the conclusion that the only way to carry out repairs was to cut a large hole under the roll bar on which the pad eye was attached sailing was stopped forthwith the shipwright was summoned who spent the next couple of hours drilling a large enough hole in the roll bar to approach the pad eye that done the broken bolts were removed new bolts fitted and all bolts secured with nuts to keep them in place thanks to ratnagar's foresight all the necessary tools and spares were available and by midnight ready to sail again the shipwright with bruised fingers and glass fiber all over himself with the re- resultant itching had managed to do a fairly decent job and salvaged an otherwise tight situation 
for which he was duly awarded an on-the-spot commendation and more important, a hot shower past midnight. Another sleepless night followed in the shifty and light, often non-existent winds. Getting up and easing the main every time the wind picked up, securing the boom to prevent it from thrashing once the bit of wind died out. We are close to a high-pressure system and this is expected. The strong westerlies lie to the south of this area. I started calling it the cold drums, a colder version of the doldrums. Thankfully, the squalls are missing. The sky has been completely overcast since the last two days and it is getting colder by the day. The warm clothing is out and shoes are being worn at all times, except the rare occasion when inside a sleeping bag. As I was having my morning cup of coffee, Madhavi was greeted by the local residents. Counted at least four whales who came quite close and I could hear them snorting. Thankfully, they didn't want to play with Madhavi, lost interest after giving her a look over and went their way. Just a curtsy call perhaps. Uprooting the paddy was the first major problem on the boat so far and I must admit it rattled me. While I did manage to detect and rectify the problem in time, the question that kept looming in my mind was, what if this had happened a few days back when I was sailing through gale force winds for almost a week? It would have been quite a disaster with the boom and mainsail free to thrash about till they got the rig down. Once I had spoken to Ratnagar and decided that the only option was to make a large hole to access the broken bolts through the roll bar, I started looking for the hole saw cutter, a tool that is supposed to be put on the drill machine to make large holes. I remembered Ratnagar showing it to me and instructing me on its use. So initially I wasn't too worried. However, when I actually tried to put the tool in the drill machine, it wouldn't fit. Obviously, the tool was of a size suitable for fitting in the large drill machine in the boatyard while I was carrying the smaller and compact drill machine on board. The only option was to fit the largest drill bit in the machine and keep making holes close to each other, eventually making a hole large enough to allow me to insert a spanner inside the toolbar. To add to my woes, the roll bar had been made extra strong by using additional layers of fiberglass and epoxy. I remembered being at the boatyard and watching the fabrication. It never occurred to me then that I would, in the not so distant future, be trying to drill holes in it and wishing that it wasn't that strong. I knew I had been extremely lucky that the bolts had given way in very light winds, but that could change any time and I had to finish the job as quickly as I could before the winds decided to pick up. Finally, after almost 12 hours of non-stop work, I managed to extract the broken bolts, replace them with new ones and secure them with nuts to prevent a repeat. It was almost 2 o'clock in the morning. I was exhausted and very itchy, covered from head to toe in fiberglass dust with all my fingers bleeding and sore. But I was very relieved. The boat was safe and that is what matters. I managed to have a long hot shower covered myself with some prickly heat powder to reduce the itch and crawled in the bunk to get some sleep. It would be a few days before I managed to get all the fiberglass dust out of the boat and my system. The next morning, as I came out with the first cup of coffee for the day, I saw a small plume of water rising about a mile astern. It was an overcast morning with a grey sea and not much swell or wind. Initially, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me thanks to all the fiberglass dust flying about. But I sighted the plume again and there was no doubt as to what it was. Definitely a whale. I dumped the coffee and ran for the camera inside. The whales came close soon enough, each one bigger than Madhi. I tried clicking as many photos as I could, but it was best to leave the camera and watch them in all their glory, especially when they were too close for me to get them in one picture frame. 
One of them came so close on the starboard quarter that I could virtually look down its nose and get a strong fishy odor every time it exhaled and created the characteristic spout. We were moving sedately with light winds and perhaps the whales, even though moving leisurely through the water, found us too slow. They moved on, heading south. It was an experience that will stay with me for a long time as I never got to see whales that close during the rest of the trip. It won't be an exaggeration to say that I envied them at that moment and wondered about evolution, whether my ancestors had been smarter to come out of the sea and start the human race or theirs to have opted to stay in the ocean with no boundaries and a simple life. Sunday, 13th September 2009, out of the cold rums, finally. The last three days in the high pressure system were probably the worst since we crossed the equator. The sky used to be completely covered with clouds, no sun in sight, virtually no wind and enough swell to keep the boat rocking and the sail thrashing about. The nights were the darkest I've seen. Despite a half moon somewhere in the sky, its light just wouldn't pass the thick clouds. Difficult to sleep as either you are going up and tightening the mainsail to prevent it from thrashing about or easing it as soon as you feel a whiff of wind. The autopilot would keep getting confused and start beeping every now and then, leaving no option but hand steering. The autopilot needs the boat to move to be able to steer her. Once she stopped moving, it suddenly doesn't know what to do and starts calling your attention. Also, in such light winds with swell, the wind vane sensor keeps moving in all directions due to the rolling of the boat. The autopilot tries to follow it for a while and then gives up. These nil wind conditions are definitely more taxing to the boat and the crew than the blustery trades, as I started realizing from the damage that has been inflicted on the boat in the last three days. Amongst all the frustrations of the cold drums, something interesting happened late last night. It was drizzling slightly and I had stumbled out in the cockpit yet again, barely awake to tighten the main sheet as the boom had started thrashing about. Suddenly, it felt as if a live 230 volt wire had touched my face and I almost jumped out of my boots. How on earth could I get a shock so strong with the whole boat wired for 24 volts? Lightning? But I hadn't seen any lightning since the equator. Fully awake by now, it slowly dawned on to me that it was static electricity. There is a small strop that keeps hanging from the end of the boom. I keep it there as it comes in handy to hold myself when the boat is healing. The strop was wet with the drizzle and had been swaying due to the thrashing of the boom, developing a large amount of static which it promptly discharged the moment it touched my face. What a jolt! After three dull days, today turned out to be an excellent day for sailing. The clouds cleared and the sun came out finally. The sea was calm light cool westerly breeze, just enough to make the boat move in the right direction and the sun just right to warm oneself sitting on the deck. It was an absolute pleasure to shed the woolens, sit in the sun and do some minor repairs. Plenty of birds around, counted at least four different types. It is fun to watch them come and sit on the water. As they are about to land, they lower their webbed feet and skid on the water like a water skier. While taking off, they start running on the water till they are airborne. It is a pity that it is almost impossible to capture them on camera from a moving boat. I recovered quickly from the thrashing we received while sailing upwind in the trade winds and had started getting frustrated with the light winds we are experiencing. We are close to 30 degrees south latitude and the weather forecasts indicated strong westerly winds around 40 degrees south, less than 600 nautical miles away. It would have taken us two to three days to get into decent winds if we had continued sailing south. From then on, 
we would have been on the highway of the roaring 40s, making fast easterly progress. I was tempted to head south, get on the highway and head straight for New Zealand instead of stopping at Fremantle. I had managed to fix the uprooted pad eye and it seemed to be holding. Other than that, there were no major problems on the boat and we had plenty of food and water to last till New Zealand. But then, we were a naval boat and it would have been a task to get the plans changed.